This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast, Tuesday, January the 19th, 2021, day 19 of 365 here in the new year. Hope your Tuesday is going well. Today is Trust Tuesday. We're going to have a segment on that as well as sports and we're going to speak with Breon Dunlap today as well. Looking forward to today's show. Let's first start off in sports. In the NFL world, we're waiting to hear back on Patrick Mahomes' concussion situation, see what's going on with that. We're also hearing that the Jets would be all in on Texans' Deshaun Watson if they choose to go in that direction. And in a quick conversation here with regards to the conference championship weekend, the Vegas lines have been set. Both the Packers and the Chiefs are giving up three and a half with the over-under for the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs at 50 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers at 52. In the world of college basketball, the Baylor Bears take care of Kansas yesterday, winning by eight to remain undefeated. In today's games, there's a lot of good games that are gonna be played today. Tennessee travels to Florida. Michigan is hosting Maryland. Seton Hall travels to Villanova. The Alabama Crimson Tide travel to LSU. That would be a good one. Alabama is now 18th in the country. Oklahoma State travels to West Virginia. And in the nightcap, UCLA travels to Oregon. Staying with basketball, moving to the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets continue to roll as they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. 125 to 123. James Harden has 34 points. Kevin Durant has 30 Looks like those two are clicking. James Harden says maturity is the reason that they're playing so well. The Golden State Warriors knock off the Los Angeles Lakers 115-113. to 113. Steph Curry has 26 points and hits a dagger three at the end of the game. In college football, the big news in college football right now, Tennessee fires Jeremy Pruitt after an internal investigation with regards to recruitment. The NCAA finds level one and level two violations. The school decides to part ways. Phil Fulmer plans on retiring at the end of this year, but decided to make this change immediately. As a current high school coach and a coach that started out their career at the high school level before jumping to college, I've always followed Jeremy Pruitt's rise in the coaching world. It's pretty amazing to think back that in the 2005 to 2006 year, he was the defensive coordinator at Hoover High School with Rush Probst. From there, he was able to go work at Alabama, became the defensive back coach at Alabama. In 2013, became the defensive coordinator at Florida State, was able to transition for the next two years at Georgia in the same position. Goes back to Alabama 2016-17 season as the DC. In 2018, it's hired by Tennessee. That's a hell of a jump in 12 years. It's always been interesting to follow that. I do know that he is a good coach and more than likely will get regurgitated back into some form of probably being a defensive coordinator for a while. Who knows, he'll probably end up back at Alabama. But I do hope that if he did make these mistakes that he's able to work through them and learn what he did so that he gets back because obviously he knows a lot about the game of football. And in the baseball world, Mets general manager Jared Porter was fired this morning by owner Stephen Cohen with regards to explicit unsolicited text messages and images to a female reporter in 2016 while working for the Chicago Cubs in their front office. ESPN.com reported that a tweet was sent out this morning by Cohen that said in my initial press conference I spoke about the importance of integrity and I mean this. There will be zero tolerance for this type of behavior. And Sandy Alderson, the president of the Mets, also made a statement. The New York Mets have terminated general manager Jared Porter effective immediately. His actions are reflected by events disclosed last night. They failed to meet the Mets standard for professionalism and personal conduct. It will be interesting to see who they hire. He actually has done a lot of really good work in the last month that he's been there, making a couple transactions and trades to occur. That's all for sports today. Looking forward to giving you some knowledge on Trust Tuesday and then having Breon Dunlap on Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. We'll return here shortly. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one... 
welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Looking forward to this, the Trust Tuesday segment. So here goes. People want to find peace immediately. This is where people might not like me for what I'm about to say next. And honestly, I hated being told this before I committed to therapy in my life. Here goes. I do not believe you find peace immediately. And for those who say they do, they're full of shit. You're not going to find it through yoga, not working out, not reading, not the arts. Trust me, I stretch all the time. I've done yoga. I work out and get my heart rate up daily and I believe in exercise each day. I read articles and books daily to calm down my mind. And most recently, I've started getting into drawing in the arts. I tried to find my peace in those locations, did not find it. Here's where I found my peace, by going to war with myself each day. Trust me, we all got shit. All of us has some form of shit inside of us and in our lives. The reason I'm so open about my story and tell it is so people can resonate with it. I do realize that not all stories are the front page of the newspaper and above the fold at that. But everybody has something that they're battling. So when I talk about this, my goal is to help you help yourself. I had to look in the mirror, see all my broken parts and go to war to fix it. It took me many years to want to do this, but once I had the correct support, it was very easy to make the decision to go and fix it. Most people are great at hiding theirs. Shove it under rugs, stick it in a closet, throw it behind a door. But what I realized when I was doing this to myself, I never truly fixed it. Guess what? Your mind still knows exactly where you put it, even if you think you're mentally strong enough to block it out. It just lives rent-free in your mind. Once you choose to battle it and fix it, you will find peace and that peace will be absolutely liberating this is my trust tuesday trust your mind and trust in yourself to get better and fix and battle your own issues breon dunlap is on next and i look forward to talking to him never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three two one Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast. Really excited about my next guest, Breon Dunlap, the head coach at Harris Stowe State U- University in St. Louis, Missouri, is on the phone with us right now. Little backstory on Breon. He went to ODU. He played in two NCAA tournaments. He's second all-time in conference and assists and third all-time at school. And he, uh, after that, he graduated. He went to Woodbridge to start his coaching career. Then he was the head coach at Forest Park was fortunate enough to make the jump to the Division I level, worked at Mount St. Mary's for seven years, worked at Holy Cross for five years, and now is getting ready to enter his fifth season at Harry Stowe University. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, not a problem at all. I'm, I'm glad you're on, Coach. So you guys finished last year. You weren't able to go to the postseason because of COVID, and you went 23-9, and and you probably, as you said before we got on the air, had a chance to make a run at the whole thing. Talk a little bit about last season for me and you know how you tried to keep the momentum going with regards to COVID and all the stuff that's going on with that. Well, like you said, we, we, um, we had a really good team last year. Um, we had a bunch of guys who were – who were first-time champions last year. Okay. Uh, some guys who had been in some good situations prior to at previous universities or even in high school where they had made runs um, with their high school teams and their respective teams, college teams, but they had never won a championship. So, you know, it was, we, we, we came together um, as a cliche, like a band of brothers, and we were able to pull it out down the stretch, and our guys played really well, played really um, played together um, down the stretch. And, and that was the biggest thing for us. Just coming together, you know, you have a team that you have transfers and guys from here and there. Every year is a new year, no matter how many people you have returning. So we had a bunch of new faces, and once we were able to um, come together, we were able to make a run. And I just thought that momentum that we had going into the national tournament, if we would have been able to play, we would have had a chance to to really, really make a push for the whole thing, for winning the national tournament. Um, I liked where we were. From a mental standpoint, I loved where we were from a basketball standpoint. And from a team standpoint, we were we were playing at an all-time high. So I just felt I felt a great deal of confidence that we would have had a chance to, to make a push and, and do something that our school had never done 
before it was just the <clears throat> looking back at your stats and, and kind of who led you last year Deshaun Munson he was the uh, conference rookie or sorry excuse me conference newcomer of the year conference player of the year and was a first team all-american you got him from what Iowa Community College yeah he went to Iowa Western Community okay. College um, he's, he's East St. Louis kid which is about 15 minutes from St. Louis City um, and he lives about 15 minutes from the campus where his home is. Nice. Um, we, we were fortunate to be able to get him. Um, I was a kid that had a Division One talent for sure, uh, just didn't work out. And then we were able to give him another chance of, of, of his academics and his basketball. And he, he's come in and, you know, he's, he's led us in every category. But not only that, though, you know, he's a really good kid, really good young man. And the guys gravitate to him a lot. But he just loves winning. You know, he loves winning, even though he puts up stats. It's not that he is um, a stat chaser. It just, it's just, he's just talented enough to get those stats. But he loves getting his teammates involved, and he loves winning. I mean, he was number one in the country in assists last year. So that's, that, that just shows you that he's willing to pass the ball at basketball as well. You know, I kind of pulled up some stats here while you were talking, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about this season, how it started, how it stopped. But before I, I get to that, He's already a thousand point scorer, and he's played in thirty four games. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He, he has a chance. To, um, he has a chance if we're able to finish the season to be the all time leading scorer in here. So, in two years, yes, that's unbelievable. I'm not going to tell them what what he's averaging right now. We'll get to that when we get to the season. But that that number just shocked me when I read that. So, um, you know, you weren't able to play in the postseason. How have you been able to work with the guys? What are the testing? What's testing like for you? Like, what's that type of stuff right now that you're able to kind of maintain things going forward with your team starting maybe let's say last March? How did you work with them in the summer to get them to the point where they are this January? Well, once we went uh, you know, because of the pandemic, and once um, everything was shut down last March, you know, we just basically just kept in contact, you know, via text, via Zoom meetings. Um, things of that nature. It wasn't really a lot of talking to them about basketball. It was more so just checking up on them and seeing how they were doing as individuals, um, how their families were doing, things of that nature. Um, we we all we all felt the <clears throat> the sting of having the postseason taken away from us and not being able to play. So, yeah, I wasn't really going to talk to them a lot about basketball because um, it was, you know, I knew they they still had that hunger. They were still burning up inside about not having a chance to, to not having that opportunity to play in the national tournament. So I just wanted to just talk to them about other things that was going on. You know, we had enough, we had enough going on throughout, um, throughout the world this summer that we had plenty of things that we could talk about. You know, and then once once the NBA started with the bubble, you know, those, those are things that we could talk about from a basketball standpoint with the guys. So that was good. Um, and then just going into this year. I mean, we we have we have a block time, when we're able to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, that we try to get some individual work in as well as a regular practice and teamwork throughout that block that block schedule that we have. Um, <clears throat> we just talk to the guys too about just reiterating about being smart. You know, just being smart and making smart decisions. Um, nothing that we normally wouldn't do, but um, just because of the heightened sense of. You know, with, with, with the pandemic and everything, just tell them, just be smart. Go about your daily routine, but just, you know, be mindful of how you're doing it and, and stay together no matter what. So, you know, our our mantra of our team and things of that nature really hasn't changed. Um, it's just the conversation just has to add a piece, an additional piece, as to say, due to the pandemic. You know, you and I talked earlier, and I kind of take some notes as, as you're speaking as well, and you mentioned earlier how many people have been affected by this or are affected by this pandemic. You know, we think about it as, as basketball coaches. We got obviously, you know, ourselves, our families, and then our basketball families. What a lot of people don't understand when, when you do what you and I have been fortunate enough to be able to do and call it a profession is that our players are family, but even their family's part of our family. How has, you know, the families of the players that you've recruited and that you coach now, how have they been affected? Have you been able to talk to the guys about that to keep positive in their households when they go home? Definitely, definitely. I mean, 
you know, one of the obvious things is not having fans at the games. Um, you know, as former players, we always would, would, would enjoy and look forward to our family members if um, if them alone could be at our games to see us play and see us perform. So not having fans that are at the games, I know that's been something that's been di- di- different for the guys. And, and, and we've talked about it. And, you know, they may not come out openly and say it bothers them, but when you know that they're continuously asking, Coach, are we going to be allowed to have fans? We play this game. Are they going to be have fans there? And you know that's on their mind. Um, so that's something that they've that you know that they've talked about. Um, I've actually had parents calling me and and emailing me about will they be allowed against this, this, and this. So not being able to see their 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 um, their kid play, um, seeing the team play, you know, um, not having your family there for support mm-hmm. and cheer you on. Um, I think it, it deals with from a mental aspect, mental standpoint, but then also a step further with your peers um, and, and your classmates not being able to games as well. You know, that's sometimes those are conversational pieces that you have on a day-to-day basis um, when you're around to be around one another, as well as when your professors can come see you play mm-hmm. and, you know, they can talk to you about some things. So just a variety of different people, uh, I think, are affected by it just from the standpoint that it's... It's unknown, and it's not. It's not consistent. It's not normal. Right. Um, but we just have to deal with it, and I and I think it goes to part of the, the mental piece um, with our guys. Because the, the one thing, one of the biggest things is, as you know, as former player, you can get some of that juice from the people that's there. You know, from your family members, from your fans that are there, you can get some of that juice. But when that's not there, you really have to be self-disciplined and self-motivated. Um, and you kind of have to change it from practice because it feels like a little practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like a glorified practice. Now we've got officials, but it's just us in the gym. So um, so just dealing with that piece and just continue to talk to the guys to try to keep their spirits up. Um, I think that's the, that's the big thing. And, um, you know, and the same thing I tell them about the, the, the learning system. You know, I know it can be difficult at times just – not being able to be face to face with your professor or being in the classroom with your professor, but I let our I let our student athletes know as well that it's not just you know us just having a hard time as a student athlete with the professor. Like some of these professors are having hard times as well, um, so we got to take that into consideration um, with everything that's going on with it. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's kind of like the the thing I try to just tell our guys like just just be mindful. It's not just about you. Like this is affecting everybody around us, but as long as we're together, we got to be there to support each other and be there for each other. Now you you hit on a couple of things, Coach, that I wanted to go back and hit on. You know, you talked about the professors coming to games. I think you know, as a as a coach, you look at it a little bit differently than you do as a player. Um, I remember when I was a player, you know, and the professors would come. You were thinking like, man, like I hope they see me play well or something like that. Well, as a coach, I look at it and see my student athletes are now human to these professors and teachers because the teachers always see them as a student or probably a well he's a basketball player i'm gonna use that as an example because you and i've lived that i know you've probably been at locations like oh man he's another basketball player well now we can look at it and say well he's a human being you know he's out there he's struggling when he's playing or he's playing really good he's a good teammate they get to see another side of that kid which i think makes the whole learning environment totally different for that student athlete and then I wanted to ask you, how is it coaching with no fans? How have you had to adjust your coaching style or the way you carry yourself, you know, maybe in huddles or something like that with not having fans around you? Well, one thing is I think I have my – I have to lower my voice a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I'm coaching, I always feel like I got my coach voice when there's fans in the stands. So you know how that is on the sideline. Absolutely. Sometimes the players, the players swear they can't hear you, you know. There's uh, uh, 5,000 people in the gym, but there's five people in the gym. But, um, you know, you have to be mindful because your voice is going to carry a little bit more. Um, so in the huddles, you, you may not have to feel like you have to um, raise your volume as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the thing I've kind of really gathered from. Other than that, you know, it's been, it's just, it's been basketball. Me, I, I, I've been able 
and I'm pretty sure you have too. Just being around the game, you've been in it so long. I'm able to block out the fans, but yes, you know, I don't. I know from 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 our side, from the player standpoint, you know, there's something that they they look for. So you got to try to create that energy in your own energy from your from your team. So I would say that one thing that I guess I've tried to do a little bit more is have the guys be a little bit be more um, of cheerleaders on the side when they're at the game. Um, just creating that energy and trying to keep that energy throughout and sustain it when you don't have um, fans backing you up and help you in that situation. So, I mean, but other than that, um, just the, just the, I may not have to project as loud as I normally would. Right. Um, but I can't really, I don't know if, I, if I've turned that down or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> to be honest with you. Tr- trust me, I, I'm with you on like the blocking out, like the the crowd around you, you kind of be going to a vacuum a little bit. You hear it, but you don't hear it type situation. And the colors kind of, you know, all blend into one color scheme, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny you brought up one thing about your bench having to create its own energy and your teammates having to create its own energy. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to segue a little bit with this and I, I'm about to have to pick on you and ask you who you like in the NFL. But you know, when we watch the NFL play now with this defensive camera in the end zone or this like, you know, touchdown camera where they have, I think the teams have really bought into that and become bonded by that. They have these, you know, if you get an interception, you're going to do a certain dance. If you get a touchdown, you're going to do a certain dance in front of this camera. The NFL teams talk about the bond that has been created because of COVID. How do you think your team has bonded in that way? Well, ours is a little bit different because we we have we have guys that live on and off campus. Okay. So the guys who live on campus together, you can see their their togetherness and their bond. Um, the guys who live off campus together, you can see their bond as well. Mm-hmm. The, the the, the tough part has been trying to, to to come together in this bond as we tightly can with the guys who don't live with either portion, who yep. don't live with the guys on campus, who don't live with the guys off campus, but they may live with their families or they may live um, by themselves. Gotcha. So that, that's the piece. And not having a normal season where at least some of those bonds can be created in the locker room and practice things of that nature while traveling, I think that that's taken away as well. Um, when when there is no consistency in the travel, when there's no consistency in the play, nor is there consistency in the practices. Um, you know, you, you, you can create those bonds in, in preseason conditioning as well. You can create those bonds at the end of the weight room. Mm-hmm. Um, so when those things are, are limited, you know, that, that takes a, that can take a, a toll as well um, in the bond. And so with us, you know, our bonding have been, you know, we tried to do it as much as we could in practice, and then we've tried to do it in the games. But you can tell that sometimes, like, it's just not where you would want it to be at this particular stage of the season. Um, so you just got to try to find other ways. But with limited, you know, we got to continue to do our protocols with social distancing and things of that nature where we're not in practice. So the one thing I will say our guys do um, and I'm pretty sure every every team across the country kind of does this. You know, our guys are on. You know, when they do have their spare time, they are playing the video games together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and fortunate enough for that, whether it's in the same vicinity or they're playing online versus one another, at least they're in constant communication. You know, um, it's funny you say that because for the longest time, and I'm sure it was the same way every place you've coached prior to the pandemic. You know. Your game is not going to get better if you constantly live on the sticks. You need to get in and get shots up. You need to get in the weight room. You need to go out and run. Get off the, the you know, don't be on the computer so much. Don't be on the iPad, the phone, the video games. And now we're like, please go do all that stuff so you can connect to everybody else that you're not connected with personally right now. Are you kind of feeling that same situation? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, our guys... Like I said, that is conversational pieces that they'll have like, pre-practice at times or post-practice. They would talk about them playing on the game against one another together. Mm-hmm. Um, they would also talk about um, um, those situations with class. You know, they, while they're playing the game, they would talk over the game about their classes. 
Mm-hmm. So at least they're having communication. Um, we use GroupMe okay. uh, as a team on a uh, communicational correspondence piece. And, you know, I'll put different things in the GroupMe, whether it be uh, motivational quotes or uh, just updates about things that's going on. If there's a big game on, um, but the NBA or college, we'll talk about that via the group B message. So at least we try to have, you know, no forms of communication um, in different ways, um, whatever, with different platforms. And we try to use as much as possible so we can try to continue to, to, to make that bond stronger and grow that bond. You talk about inconsistencies with the guys, and, and you didn't say that in a negative connotation. I just kind of jotted that down because, you know, as you said, preseason's not the same, lifting's not the same, practices, living, all the conditions are not what we, you and I, are used to in college athletics. You played games in November. You did not play one game in the month of December, and you've now played games in January. You're in quarantine for the second time, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes. And you talked about possibly having to play 15 games in the month of February. Man, that's an NBA schedule. Yeah, and it's funny you use NBA schedule because that's what I told my guys. I said, listen, you guys talk about the league, you talk about the NBA, how y'all would love to play in the NBA. I said, well, we hit February. We're about to be in the NBA schedule. Um, (laughs) Literally, we could be playing every two days. And from, from a player standpoint, Oh, you know, it's from a player standpoint. You hear that, and that's like heaven to your ears. Absolutely, you know, to your ears. Um, but you know, it's also one of the things from from a coaching standpoint, where now you know that any little thing of practice time that you have it can't be wasted. Not one second. Like it, the efficiency of it has to be really good. But you also know that. There, there won't be a lot of live action in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically going to be glorified shoot around slash walkthroughs. Yep. But you got to make sure that you can keep them attentive enough during those periods of time um, so that we can get what we need to get done from a progression standpoint and move forward towards our goal. And then, you know, just got to play and understand that you got to coach a little differently, I believe, just for the simple fact that you might have. Four games in a week, mm-hmm. maybe five um, games in a week. Um, so it's just one of those things that you you definitely have to script it out a little bit differently. How you going to plan plan and prepare to go forward so it can be the best for your for your for your program and for your for your guys. Now I'm going to hit on this a little bit later because you've been fortunate enough to play and coach with a lot of really good guys in the business. And as you know, when we get in this fraternity, and that, that's kind of how I look at the coaching world. We're all brothers in this because we all kind of fight the same battles and been through the exact same situations, just in different places, made with different jersey names on. Um, you're a guy that I always looked up to with, you know, when you were at Mount St. Mary's, we met, and then obviously, you know, we became, you know, closer friends as you were there, and then you went to Holy Cross. We stayed in contact, and obviously now we've stayed in contact since you've been out in Missouri. Um, I've kind of tried to follow a little bit what you do. I try to get ideas off of you. I've always bounced ideas off of you. Who in the coaching world have you been able to bounce off of during the pandemic and then prior to the pandemic with guys that you've worked with or played for? Have you been able to bounce ideas off them to better yourself as a coach and your staff? Well, definitely. Um, you know, Milan Brown has always been a great friend, but he's also been a, a, a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've always been able to pick his brain anytime. Um, you know, it's different because I worked with him for 12 years, so I was with him every day picking his brain. But, you know, now things a little bit differently. But, you know, when we talk, it's always um, fun. It's always knowledgeable. I always learn something, pick up something from him. Um, my former high school coach, Will Robinson, as well, you know, he's, he's like a father figure to me. So when we talk, we talk about everything, um, and not just basketball, but life. And then, you know, just family members. Um, the other thing that I've done is I'm in a couple um, coaching um, groups, if you want to call them, okay. um, via, via text or mm-hmm. via group me. Um, so I'm in a couple coaching like groups, and we talk about everything in there as well, from what's going on in society, from, from what's going on with our, with our teams, what's going on in the NBA, from the NFL. You know, we just we touch on all different topics. So that, those have been very helpful, just learning from different guys, 
and guys that I'd never know, never met. And, you know, I, I, remember I was invited to mutual um, friends within the business to go to these different um, groups. And been doing that um, this summer was was a Zoom daily. Mm-hmm. But a folks part on just any little thing um, with different clinics, um, different speakers, just trying to follow them. And, you know, and I and I... I have a few people that I follow on, on coaches that I follow on Twitter, and I really just, you know, I, I look at their Twitter accounts as well and some of the things that they post. Mm-hmm. They may not have anything to do with basketball, mm-hmm. um, but it's just a way how they conduct themselves in the, in the professional business. And you know, you can take little tidbits from here and there. I mean, as you know, being in the business, just learning, um, you can learn from any and everybody. Um, you can learn what to do, what not to do. You can learn how to better yourself. Um, so I think I, I just try to do those things, um, and and I've always considered myself a student of the game. So I have I try to look at everybody from um, the highest of the high levels to to even to high school levels, just to try to pick up because you can learn from any and everybody because you know how it is. We we're not reinventing the wheel, but there's so many different ways that it can you can add a little spice to your own little swag or your own little coaching ways of how you go about doing it. So. That's that's that, those are the things that I've tried to do, mm-hmm. um, and I'll continue to try to do that to try to better myself, and hopefully along the way, while I'm doing that, knowingly or unknowingly, maybe I'm helping someone else get better as well. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, you know, recruiting was one piece that I kind of, as I got into the college world, I, I kind of observed how you know you and Kevin Robinson, who I basically grew up in high school with because my mom taught him in high school so I've known Kevin for a long time and then obviously Milan I was able to kind of see how you guys operated with recruiting and I was able to do that when I was at Hagerstown Community College and then as well at uh, Shenandoah University. How has recruiting been out out in the Midwest? Is it any different than recruiting here in the on the um, you know the East Coast? How, how is recruiting the same or how is it different out there? Well Couple things. I, I, I've been blessed to, to to be in a lot of hotbed recruiting areas um, from my time growing up in the DMV, from being in the Northeast, um, being in North Carolina for a short stint, and now being here out in St. Louis. Um, you know, St. Louis and that metropolitan area um, is a hotbed of talent. So, <clears throat> you know, that's been a good thing. Uh, one thing that has been tough is, of course, not being able to see the kids in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a trust my eyes guy so I'm, I I'd love to see kids in person so I can trust my own eyes as opposed to just only seeing them on film and you know due to some of the lack of resources and scholarships that we have you know this during the pandemic I've had to do more of trusting my eyes on film mm-hmm. and trusting trusting the people that I have been in contact with um, about these student athletes um, as well as getting a feel from them, from them through communication, as well as their 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 support system around them with communication. So <clears throat> that piece has been had to re- it had been um, I've had to rely on that piece a little bit more heavily than before. Um, whereas I can see it on my eyes, and I can be like, "Yes, he's good enough," or "Nah, maybe need something a little bit different." Um, so that that's been that's been a different piece, and like I said, not being able to travel. Doing a couple of uh, streaming events online, watching those kids are in events or or camps or exposures or things that are the AAU events, and they're online and you watch them. You know that that was different. Oh, um, I bet. You know that was definitely different. So, I, I think that you've tried to do some of the same things that has that have made you successful in recruiting. But the one piece, like I said, I believe for me that's been the huge, the, the biggest difference is just not being able to be there in person where I can see my own eyes and trust my own eyes, whereas I have to dissect a little bit more film. Uh, I need more games to watch so that I can see if they're really going to be a good fit for, for, for our program or not. Um, so I think that's been the biggest difference for me personally. You know, I couldn't imagine watching a hoop group through stream. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be kind of tough because I remember how small those jerseys numbers were when we were in person, let alone trying to figure out what it was in stream. But, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember when I recruited, 
the thing that people don't understand, Brian, and, and if you're in it, you understand it, but if you're not in it, it's, it's hard to explain to somebody. And that's why I like doing this podcast. We can kind of reach people at different levels. They can hear different things. And, you know, my goal, as you said, your goal is to kind of use social media maybe to help somebody out and learn a little bit, right? So I'm not on social media anymore. Um, my assistant coaches handle the team pages for us, both on Instagram and on Twitter. For a mental reason, I've kind of taken a break from social media, and it's been the, it's been the best. My head's been clear. It's been really good for me. But I'm trying to use this podcast to help others. And, you know... We can pick up so much when we watch a basketball game. Hell, you and I can go to a, watch a warm-up and say, okay, that kid's athleticism is enough to play at this level. He does this well enough. What people don't understand is it's the all the other stuff in recruiting that makes that kid truly worth it or not. It's the interactions. It's the, side, the stuff he does on the bench when he comes off the floor, the way he interacts with his coach and his teammates the way he carries himself in the school building. It's all that other stuff that you can't pick up on film because the film follows the ball. It's like hockey. It's just constantly following the puck instead of you being able to see the stuff that I – like when I recruited a kid and he checked out, I would not watch the game nearly as much. A little bit, right, because you want to see if you can get a steal, right, a kid that's a totally different person that you didn't think about at the game. But I like to watch all the other stuff. Like if somebody hands him a towel after he just got yanked for making a bad play – and he acts like a jerk to either the manager or the guy handing the towel to him, like, whoa, like, I, I can't have that in my locker room. If I'm trying to sell that to my head coach, that's not going to fly. Stuff like that we can pick up on. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. 100%. Um, 100%. I'm big on that, too. I, I'm a huge um, monitor and recruiter of characteristics because, um, like you said, you, you don't want that to carry over into your program. Um I'm big on when they come out the game, um, how they come out the game. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you are you are you dapping up your teammate? Are you dapping up your other teammates? Are you mad? Are you come, when you come out the game? And yes, we we have been there. There's gonna be emotions throughout the course of the game. So are we expecting you to be happy every time you get taken out? If something's not, if if, it's, if you're going through an adverse situation, no, we're not. We're, I'm not saying that, but in the sense of. How can you how can you regroup yourself? Um, how can you stay within the team to make sure that that little bit when I walk out the game and, and, and I'm not playing well, but if I still dap up my teammate, that's going to give him some type of support. Like, I got your back. He goes out there and he shows he got your back. Mm-hmm. So then when you're ready to come back in the game, you're taking that deep breath and you're ready to go and help your team out the way you're capable of doing. Like, so, like you said, just so many different nuances that you don't really get to see that aren't on film. When, when you're able to recruit someone live, um, to go back, to rewind back to your teachers being at the game, and, and maybe you can, that's one of the persons that's in, the, that's in their support system that you can reach out to the math teacher and say, hey, how was such and such in the classroom? And then they can give you how they are interacting with them in the classroom and when they're walking in the halls and things of that nature. So you get a, you get overall, um, you get the overall perspective of them, um, from not just being a, a, a basketball player, but also being a, a, a person, like we had talked about before, yep. and being a complete student-athlete all the way around. And people forget about that. when I mean, He can score. Yeah, that's great he can score, but if he's not going to his history class or he's not doing his science lab, we got problems, and problems that will carry right over. 100%. Speaking of problems, your boy Munson, he must be a problem for opposing teams. Yeah, I, I've um, <laughs> I've gathered I've gathered some of that from time to time from some of the coaches that we played, um, and and how they feel about. It. I mean, he's a problem for sure, just for the simple fact of how much pressure that he applies to you and he puts on you. Yep. Um, really, from an offensive standpoint, um, I want him to put it in that same type of pressure and apply more on the defensive end. But um, spoken like a coach, he's very gifted. He's very gifted. Um, and defensively, he's gifted too. Like he's, he's just a gifted player in the sense it's, his basketball IQ is so high, so high. He understands the game in so many different ways. Um, he's easy in a sense to to communicate with when when he sees something and you see something, you can tell him about what you see as well. He has really good dialogue with that and communication with that. Um, but he figures it out as well. Like he figures out during the course of a game. I mean, you know how it is. In practice, we can blow the whistle, we can stop, and we can do teaching points. 
um, while the game is going on, we don't have the push to blow and to stop it. Right. But we can do that to our teaching points on the sideline to in between timeouts, substitutions, and, and you know, and halftime, things of that nature. But in the game, he can figure it out if an opponent is trying to do something to him um, that someone else may have done before that they felt was um, productive for them. Mm-hmm. Well, he can figure it out and counter it where it could be unproductive for him. So, um, like I say, he's really blessed. He's a really talented player. Um, really good young man. No. And he's been, he's been a joy. He's been a joy to coach. Um, you know, the one thing that I have said to him on many occasions, and it's a, and it's a good and a bad, I, I tell him he kind of like has LeBron effect. He has a LeBron effect on our team in a sense of, like everyone expects you to play at such a high level mm-hmm. that when you don't play at that level, um, you know, it's a bad game. Mm-hmm. But you're still playing at a high level, but it's a bad game. Right. Uh, we, we had a situation early in the year. He had a triple double. Mm-hmm. He had 36. I think it was 36, 13, and, and 11. Mm-hmm. He did. And I'm glad I have the box score right up here in front of me. <laughs> so, and so after, after that game, I told him straight up, I was like, you saw it. Like, you, you, were, you were terrible today. Like you can play horribly. And then I explained to him why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next game now, he tried to come out and do some of those things that we had talked about um, after that game. And he tried to apply them and, 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 uh, and put them on film and, and do it into the game in the midst of the game to help us. So, like I said, he, he understands the game at a high level and he can play it at a high level. And I know he and I, we always had discussions about Coach, what would you do with me if I if, if if I played back in your day and you had to play against me? And and me being who I am, I'm like I'm I'm gonna beat you. Like I don't care, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, we have we have good conversation and, and like I said, we talk just about almost every day. Um, even when we don't have practice stuff like that, he's he's calling me and checking up on me. Like, Coach, you all right? You good? And and things of that nature. But you know, he really he really gives the guys a lot of confidence. But he's just a winner. Like, he wants to win. Um, and, you know, the shots that he takes and uh, and the points and the stats that he puts up, it's not from a selfish standpoint. You know, it's from an I want to win standpoint. Right. And you get, and you get to um, coach him in a sense of telling him, letting him know that, listen, I know you feel as a player just how confident you are as a player that you can just take over the game anytime you want to. So you got to you got to coach him up and teach him up when to take, you know, when to take his spots here and there. Um, so when he's driving in there and the shot this for him may be good, it may not be good for your teammate to do the same thing. So you know, so it's different type coaching in that piece, but he understands it and he tries to get his teammates involved a lot. Um, you know, he loves it when he can kick it out to somebody and open for the three. And he knows they're open. He's about to shoot. He's passing. He's walking down the court with his hands up. You know, he's he's a huge fan of his teammates. Um, I try to get him to be a little bit more vocal because he's he's kind of a quiet kid on the court. But um, he's a huge fan of his teammates, and he just he like I said, he just wants to win all the time. Like he hates losing. He hates losing. I mean, so that's also a great combination to have to go along with his skill set uh, of being a person who wants to win all the time. I mean, his stats, just so the people that are listening can kind of understand what stats I'm talking about with him being a problem. In the month of November, he averaged 41 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists a game. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he um, like I said, he's, he's a tough <laughs> matchup. He gets, he gets going downhill. You know, he's he's every bit of 6'4", 210, and he gets going downhill. He's... You're not knocking him off his path, and then he's ambidextrous around the basket. Yes. So he plays angles really well, and he has different ways of variety of ways that he can finish. And you know, when you read those stats, and he didn't make a three. I noticed that. <laughs> those are no three pointers. Like he's a he's a throwback player in the sense of, um, I almost compare him a little bit to. I say he's Ben Simmons in Derrick Rose's body type. Okay. Um, that's one of my comparisons. Another one of my comparisons is he's an athletic Andre Miller. Okay. Uh, now, he doesn't play always at, you know, Andre Miller sometimes will play at that 
that grand that grandpa place that grandpa place um, came to play. Um, but Andre Miller was so cerebral. He, you know, the game slowed down for him. He could see it all. Um, and 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 Munson is that tight in a sense where you know I'm not a great shooter, but I can finish around the basket. I can post you as a as a, as a guard. Um, I can break you down, get to the get to the rack. Uh, I can break you down to find others. Um, so I can do all those things as well. And on top of that, I have athleticism and speed. And he, we have, we we've had a couple of races where he he has raced a teammate, but he has to have the basketball, and the teammate runs, so he has the but he has the basketball, and he like still he wins. Fast with the ball, like he would. When he gets out, he's gone. Gone. He's gone. But like I say, he's very, he's very talented. And he has – our guys have grown because of him, and I think he has grown because of them as well. You know, it's been a, it's been a good – it's been a good um, complimentary marriage from both ends. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you as a player played in the NCAA tournament. I know you coached in the NCAA tournament at the Division One level. You've now made it to the national tournament three. Well, you would have made it three out of four times, but you made it twice at the NAIA level. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And and if I'm not mistaken, tell me if I'm wrong, but the NAIA national tournament is all played at one location, which is in Kansas City at the Municipal Auditorium. Is that correct? Yes. So it's kind of like the JUCO Division One going to Hutchinson. What is that? I mean, you've been to all the big ones. I remember you guys played, when you were at Mount St. Mary's, I want to say, like, you all played, like, Tyler Hansborough or something like that the yeah. one year you were coaching, yeah. right? I played that Carolina team, yeah. I, re- I remember that, um, following you guys. What's it like to go to the NAIA Division One National, like, tournament at one location? What's that What's that environment like? Um, it's pretty It's pretty crazy. Um and the, the 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 gauntlet of the tournament itself. Now it 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 will change this year in a sense so for the, because of there's no one there's there's all we're all one now in NAIA. There's there was Division One and Division Two NAIA. Okay, but there's no longer that, so it's just one. Gotcha. So this year will be a little bit different in the sense that there won't be every team there. So there will be 32 teams that went to the national tournament that were in Kansas City. Okay. Um, there were supposed to be 64 teams this year. We were supposed to play in like pods, regional pods, and then they would go to the, then whoever came out of the pods would then go to the national tournament in Kansas City. Um, <clears throat> but now we've we've gone down to 48 teams, so that just made it tougher. Um, but Sugar has the pods, and then 16 teams will go to. Uh, no, 32, excuse me. No, 16 teams will go to the national tournament in Kansas City. But prior to that, you know, it was it was an experience. Um, you had to have, you know, you'd have a kickoff event with all the teams at an event. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, you'd have different various highlights and everything going on during the event. You would you would eat. You would have speakers. Um, and that was, that was to kick off the event. And then they would have this thing called Champions Parade where during the course of um, one of the games on the first day, every team would go and line up at halftime and be on the court, and then they would take a huge big picture, and you'd get around their applause. So that, that was that was nice. Um, and then just going there and seeing the game starting, at, I mean, on that Wednesday, started at 8 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and the games throughout, and then on Thursday, games throughout, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you, that would be the day off, and then Monday and Tuesday, be the final four in the national championship game that Tuesday night. So you know it was it was an experience. Like I said, it was a gauntlet of a tournament. You either had to win five games in seven days or five games in six, depending on if you played that Wednesday or that Thursday to start off. Um, so it was it was also a bear of a tournament in that sense that it's a grinder. It's a grinder, um, but it was fun. It was a great experience for our guys. It was a great experience for myself. Um, just have an opportunity to be on that stage. And after year one, and we had um, been blessed enough, fortunate enough to go to the tournament, um, the NAI National Tournament, and playing in that game, um, we lost a two-point game to a really, really talented and tough team and well-coached team from Dalton State. Um, I thought that we we could have, we should have won that game. Uh, we played well enough to win it. We just came up short. But after being there, you got a you got a sense of. 
the, the, the annual perennial power teams that were there and why they were there and, and the type of athletes that they have, the type of players that they have and the coaches that they have. And you, you, you kind of had to, you saw, and if you picked up anything from that, you should have picked up the fact that, okay, all right, these are the type dudes that we need to be here consistently, but not only be here, but have a chance to go win it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would see those teams and, and just as well as you know, the, the momentum piece is huge on that on that stage as well. Get it past that first game. If you can get past that first game, then everyone feels like, okay, we all got a chance to win in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> and I, I just, like I said, just enjoy being there and and the the camaraderie and you just being there with all the teams and and because the other piece is you're all in one hotel. I was just going to ask you, how do they do, like, the stand? You always stay in one hotel. I bet you that's a nightmare on the assistant coaches from a uh, nighttime perspective. <laughs> I mean, so you're all, you, you, can, you can eventually be on the same hotel um, floor as one or two teams that uh, are in your so-called bracket and the team you could be playing for the first game. You could be literally on the same floor as them. Um, so that, that was a little different in itself. I mean, you know, NCAA tournament, they put you in hotels by your seating as well. So I get that. But, um, you know, that was, that was something that we're all there. So you walk in and out and, you you know, you have your little practice, whatever. You walk in the, in the hotel, you'll see 25 other teams gathered. You're ready to go one place or the other. Um, and then you also have to do your, your community service piece. Um, um, your time there for the national tournament as well, whether it be um, going to elementary school and reading to the kids, or mm-hmm. or go, going going this place or that place, whatever from a, from a charitable standpoint. But you do your community community service piece while you're there as well, so that, that's good. Um, but like I said, it was it was a, it was a great experience for our guys. I know they loved it, they enjoyed it. Um, for sure, we wish we could have played longer in it, but uh, I, it, it was fun. It was fun, and like I said, from my standpoint. It was just fun to see because you can go watch the other games. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our our first our first year we played in the evening. We didn't play until like seven seven something at night. So, you know, you got games all throughout the day. So, you know, just to not sit in the hotel room, I, and, and we didn't play until the next day. We didn't play until Thursday. So Wednesday, you know, we went over as a team. We watched a few games. Some of the guys wanted to stay and watch a few more games. I let them stay and watch. Uh, we went and watched a couple of games later on that evening. So there, there's just basketball day. Just you know, you just get to go enjoy it and, and see it, and it was it was a great experience. You know, we're junkies. We're basketball junkies. That's the easiest way to put it. Like I could sit and watch the game all day. And honestly, I don't know if it, if you have this or not, but I have trouble watching like games as a fan. Like I yes, watch I something and I'm like, watch, I don't watch games as a fan anymore. It's hard, right? Like you watching, like, oh man, I, how can we run that backdoor play, or how can we do that, or like, why in the hell are they doing that? Like, it's yep. it's very difficult for me to just totally chill out and just watch a basketball game. Um, but you know, with that said, when we were in Hutchinson, I was at HCC and we made out to the national tournament. It's the exact same situation, except we stayed in different hotels. That's the only difference, but. Games are all day. If you're a junkie and you want to go watch games from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., knock yourself out. Um, we, you know, we ended up playing early the first day. Matter of fact, the game that was played after us when we got knocked out by Lee College out of Texas, um, I think we lost like 103 to 97 or something like that. You know, a typical JUCO like blowout game. Um, Steve Forbes was coaching at Northwest Florida State, and they actually were, like, in the locker room beside us and came out of the same tunnel as us. We're coming off the floor. Steve Forbes is going on the floor. And, you know, I kind of, since then, I've followed his story coming back from JUCO, from Tennessee to JUCO to, um, you know, went to Wichita State and East Tennessee State. And, hell, now he's the head coach at Wake Forest, which is kind of crazy, his path back. Um, so, yeah, you know, basketball has led me around a lot of good people, and you're one of them. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, just have an opportunity to chat with you about a little bit of everything. And I, and I do know that you're a busy guy. With quarantine, last question for you. With quarantine going on, can you practice? Can you get in the gym? What's, what are the processes of that? And when do you think you'll be back on the floor if you're not? No, we, we are completely shut down for 14 days. So okay. uh, we were not, we were not allowed to practice. Um, <clears throat> getting the gym or anything during this during this period, we have to stay away. Unfortunately, um, 
<clears throat> you know, my message to the guys after our Zoom call was just, you know, make sure you're doing some push-ups, some sit-ups, jumping jacks or something. Take a walk outside, you know, within your vicinity. Um, if you got a ball, if you can bounce it in your house or you bounce it in your backyard or whatever, by all means, just make sure you're touching the basketball. If you're just even doing form shooting in your house, just touch a basketball just so you can keep it in your hand, keep the feel of it. Um, and try to do any type of subtle conditioning that you can possibly do um, within the parameters of where you live. But, um, you know, we can't get in the gym, unfortunately. Can't get any shots up. And then when we come off of quarantine, we'll have potentially one day of practice and then we'll we'll play it. We're, we're scheduled to have a game on the 30th of January. So we, so like I said, even with <clears throat> the craziness of February, potentially playing 15 games. I mean, if you look at it, January 30th. So from the 30th until the 28th <laughs> of February, you know, we can end up playing 16 games in that, in that amount of time frame. So, um, just try, I'm just want, we just want to continue to talk like our guys. Um, you know, we, we started classes today. So that at least that's something else that they're just not sitting there and don't have anything to do um, other than just playing on the, playing on the video games. You know, they don't want to do that all day, but um, at least they, they are, we are in class, so they have class. They'll do it's all online, it's all virtual. But they have their class and they'll have their class work. Right. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk daily within our group chat that we have um, and then just try to keep their spirits up. I mean, we, we like I said, we'll talk about some of the NBA games that went on last night. Um, we'll talk about if there are any big-time college games this week. You know, just, just something different, you know, just to um, – and then I'll send them film um, via Synergy where okay. they can watch some film. Um, and that's one thing we talked about, too, that regardless if it's us, just try to watch watch something, you know, that, that, that keeps your mind kind of fresh a little bit from a basketball standpoint. And, you know, rest up. You know, we were a little banged up because when we came back from the break, we, we were playing with seven players. And we had three games in six days. We were playing with seven players. Yeah, I saw that. We little, and we got a little banged up because um, we had some guys out to injuries. And we had some guys that were taking some winter session courses that, that just ended on Friday. Mm-hmm. And now they'll be able to turn as well. And then we had another um, player that was out due to um, – Close contact. He didn't have it, but close contact with COVID. So, um, <clears throat> so we, we were down numbers. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, and it was one of the things that it was it's unfortunate that we that we were placed on quarantine and hit with this. But in a way, it's going to allow us to get some guys back to to get some guys healthier, um, to regroup a little bit, get our minds right. Let's see if we can we can win the day of getting off to a fast start our academics for the semester because mm-hmm. we'll at least have these two weeks of just really no no practice, no hoops. Just, I can just do my classwork. Right. So at least that can give me a head start. So you, know, you got to try to pull the positives out of it and, and you know, just harp on those um, and control what you can control. And right now, just try to stay out of the way. Um, um, try, to, try to, like I said, do some of the little um, conditional things you could possibly do. Touch basketball when you can. Make sure I'm staying on top of my academics and, 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 and be right from that from the jump. And then when we come back, just have the right mind frame that, you know, we, we about to go into this NBA schedule <laughs> and, and make it happen, you know. Well, you know, I, I know in 10 days, hopefully you guys are back on the floor. You said the 29th, right, is, is the day you'd be able to go back and practice possibly? Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, hopefully in 10 days you're able to get back on the floor. Um, I'm looking forward to following you guys the rest of the way. Hopefully, you know, you're back out in uh, Kansas City here at the here in about a month or so, and uh, you guys will be ready to rock and, and do what you need to do out there. But, uh, you know, Coach, I know you're a busy guy, and, and you do it the right way, and I really appreciate your time, and I, I really appreciate your friendship too because, you know, whenever it's, anytime I need to bounce something off you, I've always texted you, I've always responded right back, and I appreciate that. Definitely, buddy. I appreciate you having me on, and and what you're doing is, is humongous. Um, and we talked, like I said, a little bit earlier, and I know what your goals are for this year, and, and I commend you on that. And if there's anything I can do to help, um, let me know. I'm here, and I'm actually going to probably take some of the things that you talked about that you want to do this year, and and, and probably sit back and reflect, and, and maybe even apply it to myself. Awesome. Um, we can always get better yep. each and every day, and. and and as I say to our guys all the time, 
none of this is done individually. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it takes a village, and we all need our support and our back system and our back support to help us along the way. And you never know. You never know who you can touch and who you can reach um, just by a simple gesture. Yep. And, 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 and I appreciate you having me on this platform. And like I said, I wish the best for you. And whenever you need something, I'll be here for you, bud. I appreciate that, Coach. You have a good rest of your day. All right, buddy. You too. See you. Coach Dunlap for being on today. Love talking with him. We even talked a little bit more about different things that we didn't talk about on the uh, air. But, you know, love catching up with him. He's a great guy. He's a really good coach. He's been a better human being. And I look forward to keeping in contact with him as the uh, follow the rest of his season. Looking forward to tomorrow's show as well. Got a couple guests on. Plus, we're going to talk about Wednesday Wisdom. We will talk to you then, and once again, thank you for listening to Never My Wildest Dreams podcast.